Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya and Tanyawhite.com. Also, sign up for Tanya's tips 
or uh, purchase relationship reruns or how to deal with a difficult woman or check out the summaries and workshops for my new third book, The 99 Males Who Make Your Life a Living Hell, visit TanyaWhite.com. Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A. White is in the color dot com. And while you're visiting it, sign up for Tanya's tips. It gives you tips for today to transform your tomorrow. Like I said, we have two phenomenal authors on tonight, Rhonda um, McKnight and Keisha Dawn, and we're going to get started. Um, But before we get started, we're going to have an Are You Serious moment. That is just a little moment where we uh, talk about events of the week. And uh, we had a lot going on this week. Uh, The biggest Are You Serious moment, and my switchboard is acting up, so I can't give you the little intro. But uh, Paula Abdul, leaving American Idol. Let's do the little intro. Are you serious? Are you serious? How can she leave after eight seasons? It's always about the money, but I believe it was something else. I kind of saw it at the beginning of the season when they brought the Carol girl in. She just didn't uh, rub me the right way, and I knew that something was going to happen. But we're going to miss Paula. Maybe she'll be a judge on another one of the million reality shows, dance shows, singing shows. We have a ton of them. But she's not going to be with Idol, but I'm sure somebody's going to pick her up. Another Are You Serious? we got to have Emery say this again. Are you serious? Are you serious? Stefan Marbury. I don't know what the brother is going through, the NBA basketball player. He has been wilding out all week on these videos on Ustream. And I don't know about you, but I just see a very big cry for help. And I don't know who he has in his team or on his team, but obviously they are not looking at what is really going on. So that is our Are You Serious moment for today. We had two Are You Serious moments, but um, and that was that was two biggies. Paula leaving American Idol. We're gonna see how that goes next season. We're gonna see how Kara gels with. Uh, Simon, which I think is going to be a big blow up because they're two very dominant personalities. And I hope Brother Stefan Murray gets some much needed uh, help and his friends and family uh, look past his fame and, you know, look past him just doing crazy annex and get him some help. Uh, so we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back. We're going to be set uh, for our first guest around at midnight in about four minutes we're going to take a little break and play some commercials we'll be back in just a few moments unfortunately tragedy has no favorites it comes suddenly and sadly it can knock the life right out of you but instead of giving up come alive again turn your hurt into hope in her sensational and heartwarming new book the journey less traveled author loretta faith harris shares her touching story of how she discovered the strength to overcome sad sorrow and find hope for a better tomorrow celebrate life again choose to turn your tragedy into triumph visit www.chpublishing.org to purchase your copy of the journey let's travel today may i have your attention please do not attempt to adjust the radio 
Stay tuned as we bring you this brief announcement. Greetings, family. This is TC and J&J Live Talk Radio. Stopping by let you know about our broadcast. You never know what to expect on J&J Live Talk Radio. We do interviews. We just added Mega Mondays. Also, living a single life and much, much more. You can join us at any time by logging on to www.jfjlivetalkradio.com. Once again, that's www.jfjlivetalkradio.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you need more information, please contact this number, 216-539-0630. Again, that's 216 216- 539-0630. Let's unify and take radio to the next level. God bless you. Are you tired of listening to those same old boring shows? Do you need a change? Well, come join us weekly, every Tuesday and Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. On the live show on Blog Talk Radio, we have the hottest celebrity interviews and the latest updates on entertainment, health, beauty, and fashion, even more. Brown Sugar Radio, recently featured in Web Radio Magazine for representing the best in internet radio. Join us today at www.brownsugarradio.com, where entertainment is extraordinary. productive, and long-lasting relationships. In her new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship. Being trapped in a relationship rerun is extremely frustrating and emotionally draining. If you find yourself in an irritating cycle of unwanted, unsatisfying, and unhealthy relationship patterns year after year, then this book is sure to break the chains that keep you bound to having the wrong people in your life. The brand new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship, and also How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, is now available by logging on to www.tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's www.tanyawhite.com. Pick up your copy today. today. And we are back. No more drama. Get relationship reruns. And how to deal with a difficult woman at TanyaWhite.com. T-A-N-Y-A White is in the color dot com. And welcome back if you just joined us. Uh, we're talking about tonight perfecting the plot. This is our second show of the right stuff, the right way series for authors, publishers, or anyone who aspires to write a book. Tonight we're talking about nonfiction. Uh, though we're going to talk about perfecting the plot, character development, everything you need to know. And we have two terrific 
authors on. Uh, and on uh, first, we have Rhonda McKnight. Uh, she is releasing her first novel, Secrets and Lies. So we're going to talk a little about, bit about that. But she's also an expert in helping authors perfect the plot uh, to uh, create a manuscript that is going to not only generate a buzz, but it's going to leave uh, readers with something uh, to say, oh, that author gave me uh, what I needed. And so she is one of the experts in the field, has been doing it for uh, some years. So we're going to talk to her first, and then we have Keisha, Keisha Dawn, uh, author of His Grace, His Mercy. And she, both of them have been on here before, and so we're excited to have them back. So we're going to set get set to talk to Rhonda McKnight first. Uh, so she can go ahead and call in. I see her in the chat, and I'd like to say hello to everyone in the chat, Evangelist Linda, Keisha Dawn, Rhonda Knight, McKnight, and Cindy Seven. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. So as we set to uh, get set to hear from Rhonda tonight, let me read a little of her bio. You can visit Rhonda McKnight at rhondamcknight.net, rhondamcknight.net. And Rhonda is the owner of Legacy Editing, a freelance editing service for fiction writers, and urban uh, and urban Christian fiction today, a popular internet site that highlights African American Christian fiction. She's the vice president of faith-based fiction writers of Atlanta. When she's not editing projects, she's teaching workshops about writing or pinning her next novel. She spends time with her family. She's originally from a small coastal town in New Jersey, uh, but she calls Atlanta, Georgia, home for the last 12 years. So we're going to uh, welcome her to the show uh, for the second time, and I know not the last, but welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White, Miss uh, Rhonda McKnight, and let's see why Block Talk is not unmuting her. Having a little bit technical difficulties. Hold on, Rhonda. Here we come. Rhonda? Rhonda, hold on one second. I don't know what is up with Block Talk. We see you online, Rhonda. We're trying to connect you right now. Hello, Rhonda. Yes. Hello. Hey, hello. Finally. Welcome okay. to Talk with Tanya White. Hi, Tanya. Thank you for having me. Woo, thank you for being on. Oh, that was hard. I don't know what's going on, but we're glad to have you here. So you must going to give us some phenomenal information. That that yes. must be what it is. That, yeah, that was a very nice introduction. Oh, well, <laughs> directly from RhondaMcKnight.net. So I am excited to have you on here, but before we get uh, into all the questions that I sent you, I want you to tell us who you are in your own words. Well, you know, I'm um, I'm just a working mother of uh, two sons. I have a 17-year-old and a 3-year-old. Wow. Um, yeah, big gap there. Um, I love to read. I like to write. And I just like to spend time with my family and my, and my friends. And that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Nothing, wow. uh, you know, nothing huge to say. I'm, I'm The most important roles I have are being a mother and then just being in my purpose that, that God has given me. And I think that's writing. Well, we know that it is writing. Now, you've helped a lot of writers 
perfect their plots, <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. Can you uh, tell us uh, where did you find the the passion or the know that was your purpose in writing, to help other writers and not just only uh, focus on writing your own projects? Well, um, I've been writing since I was six, and I, and I think I st- started to realize when I was in high school that, you know, this writing thing was something that I was doing that nobody else was doing. Uh-huh. And so I've always loved writing and always loved reading. And But I think that the um, the reason that I enjoy working with other writers so much is because I'm naturally a teacher. I love okay. teaching. Uh, I love sharing information. And I really, really love uh, helping people accomplish their goals. If I have some information or something that I can share with you that will make something better for you, I'm going to put it out there, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so and if you're a person that wants the information, then you'll, you know, you'll be blessed by it or, or whatever. But I, I like to I like to share. I just don't think that holding, if I find something good, that I should keep it to myself. Right. And that's how not only uh, others grow, but we grow as people when we help others. I agree. Go uh, get into their destiny. Now, tell us some of the people that you have helped or uh, you did. We had a guest on last week, and I know that you helped or uh, helped her. You're about correct with one of her first books. Who 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 did you have Vic- on last week? Victoria Christopher. <laughs> now, did I get that information right? <laughs> no, I mean I I I have not helped Victoria. Okay, um, Victoria okay. has helped me. <laughs> okay, I read it wrong then. I have, maybe she said that. She might have said that. She's so funny. She might have said it. But I thought I read um, it somewhere. <laughs> Victoria is is my mentor. Okay. And she's she's a huge help to me. So, um but some some well there're diff, different authors I work with. I'm in a critique group or faith-based fiction writers of Atlanta. We were originally a critique group and now we're a writers group that and critique is a part of our a part of what we do as a group. But um you know, Sherry Lewis is is a member and she and I are very close and we work very closely together on our work. Tia McCullers, um multi-published um, author um, Juan Abrams, and then I have uh, some personal clients that I guess I won't share their name. None of them are published right. yet, but uh, largely they're Asia Goldson. Um, those those are those are the authors that I have really worked with one on one with helping helping to improve their work, and and we we work together as a team. Wonderful. Now, explain the critiquing process. A lot of we hear the word critique, critique, and people who do uh, may get a little antsy. But critique <laughs> is necessary, don't you think? Critique is a good thing. Okay, critiquing is basically um, with, with respect to a manuscript, is taking the manuscript and giving it giving really in depth feedback. Um, it's a you know it's a very high level process where you you look at all the story elements, um, things like does the book open with a strong opening hook or an an, an incident that will grab the reader you know on the first page is the pacing good does it you know does it flow mm-hmm. um, do, is the, does the writer stay in the right point of view do I understand who's talking who's seeing you know who's walking into the room who's having these conversations. Is the dialogue strong? 
Um, is the dialogue written well? Are, you know, do the characters have distinct voices? That's an issue a lot of people have when they have several characters in a book, that people will all sound the same. They think that they sound different because they hear them in their head, but on paper they're not, they're not any different. And that's exactly. a big thing. Um, the use of adverbs and passive verbs, your backstory, description, I mean, it's a long list. Are they showing versus telling? You know, your balance between narrative and dialogue, because that can throw off a book. If there's too much narrative, it, you know, it can, it can go on and on and be boring. But mm -hmm. if there's too, too much dialogue, you know, the characters become like talking heads. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those things that, that balance the story, um, you know, are the characters real? Are they properly motivated? Um, you know, is the story, does the story make sense? Or is it really silly and trite and like nobody would do this and nobody's going to believe anybody's going to do this? And is it redundant? There's a whole list of things that you look at when you do a critique. And different people have different areas that they specialize in, in critiquing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm real good at looking at all of them. Um, but some people will tell you that they only critique for, you know, some of, you know, maybe the big five areas of a story, like description, you know, character use, dialogue, and point of view. But then you have other people who, usually people like me who offer a service, um, who will look at every element of the book and really try to break, break down the nitty-gritty to make sure that it's as perfect as it can be. And it's all subjective, you know, mm -hmm. it's all opinion based on, you know, my knowledge of the craft of writing and how much I've studied. I've studied, studied writing for a long time. And so it's, it's, um, it's just based on my, my, my opinion, and I tell all my clients that. <laughs> now, now, explain to somebody who, because um, some people, first-time authors, um, you know, think that they have a great idea, and, you know, uh, Mama Nim said this is going to sell. Yeah. How important is it to, for them to take off that those ears, uh, those wow. comments, and really – especially if you want longevity in, in the writing in, industry, how important is it for them to, I don't want to say ignore, but to allow somebody such as yourself um, to offer critique and know that the critique is not bad is to enhance them? What do they need to uh, overcome so they can accept that, those critiques? Well, I think that, you know, sometimes people just have to overcome the the feeling that you're rejecting their work. Yes. You know, authors struggle, all artists, you know, musicians, mm -hmm. painters, you know, everybody struggles with somebody rejecting their work. If you have a, a painter and somebody says, oh, that's ugly, you know, that that hurts them because it's something that they created that came out of them. Mm -hmm. And so I think largely people struggle with, they, they want the positive affirmation. So, yeah, I'm going to give my mother and my cousin and, you know, uh, my my mama's neighbor, the book to read, so they can all say, "Ooh, it's wonderful," you know. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times people will even give a book to read to people who actually aren't readers, which is even makes it even oh, worse. You know? So it's like, okay, they don't even nice. read. <laughs> they don't even read, so they can't even give you reader input. You know, I've seen that. You know, it's like, oh, you give your mom to read; she hasn't read a book in thirty years. Exactly. Okay, sure, she can tell you it's a good book. Um, so I think that by and large, you know, you got to get the ego out of the way, and yes. and if you're and you have to be focused. You know, with me, you know, I I just never had a problem with rejection because I had this single-minded goal that I was approaching a certain age and I wanted to be published, mm -hmm. and so whatever it took to get there, 
I needed to do. So I would give my stuff to to my writers group, and I'm like, have at it. Let me know what's broken, what's not, you know, and I just never looked back. It just never bothered me. And I know that some people are not, um, are, you know, that their skin is not as thick, but I think that's what you have to do. You have to get a thick skin about this because nothing's personal. Even if you, you can write the best story in the world, send it to, you know, your agent or an editor, and they still may reject it. And it could be just because we just bought a story like that. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with, with your work. It's just we can't publish two books about, you know, sexual harassment in the same, you know, six-month period. Mm-hmm. So rejection is a part of the business, and I think that sometimes as artists we're sensitive, and you've just got to get that out of the way. And so having someone who is going to be objective about your work, I think, is the single most you know, critical piece that you can do for yourself as a writer to improve your work. Yes, honestly. And and you said something that you had, you came to a place where you wanted something and you accepted whatever, do what you have to do to make me the best. And that right. comes from uh, an awareness, a personal uh, motivation within uh, so if you just join a real talk with Tanya White, we're talking with Rhonda McKnight. She's given some phenomenal tips on uh, writing. We just talked about critique. Now I wanna I wanna go to the process of writing. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody has their own process, but that is like basic to writing nonfiction. We're talking we're focusing focusing on nonfiction tonight because there's a difference between writing. Uh, no, we're focusing on fiction. There's a difference between writing fiction and nonfiction. Nonfiction is more straight to the point. Uh, you don't have all the characters and all that stuff. But fiction is, you have to unleash that creativity and uh, take yourself out of yourself and really uh, be creative. So let's talk about that process for a writer who is writing fiction. What, what, Where's the starting point? Well, you know, most writers, you know, we, we begin at different places. Mm-hmm. Um, some people begin, the story comes to them. Some For some people, the characters come to them. Um, but if you're uh, if you are a fiction writer, if you really are a writer, you you, you, you normally you, you don't have to work to find a story. Mm-hmm. You know you've got these people talking in your head, and the issue is I'm working to find the time to get what the people are saying down on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it starts with a premise, either the stories or the characters. You know one one comes first, and um, and then you just kind of you you sit down and you write. Um, for me, what I do, I'm a pretty structured writer. Um, I'm not, there are two, two types of writers. There are usually people who are, well, there are three because I'm the one in the middle. But there are people who, who, who plot, you know, quite a bit and fully develop their story before they begin writing. And then you have what you call your seat-of-the-pants writers, who people who, I, I call them organic writers, people who just, you know, write without, you know, a plot or an outline and they just go for broke. Um, and then you have people, a lot of writers who are what, you know, in the middle, a little bit of both. I think that beginning authors often are, are more seat-of-the-pants writers. I know that I was. I wrote my first book without much of an outline. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's kind of a mistake. Um, it's one that is commonly made because as a writer you don't necessarily know how to write a book. So you begin just by writing. Um, when people become published, they become more structured, and they realize, I've got to plot this, I've got to develop these characters, I've got to do all this work ahead of time so that I actually can complete the book timely by a deadline mm-hmm. after. Um, there are 
very few really truly organic writers, people that can just sit down and write a great book without, you know, having to do any work ahead of time. But when people are aspiring writers, um, often they think that they are. And so that's one of the, the things that I try to teach in my workshops and try to get across to people is, you know, you're probably really not an organic writer since like one out of ten, only one out of ten is. And the truth right. is you're probably being lazy and you don't want to do the work ahead of time. But if you do it, it will save you. And well, so, that's momonym too. Momonym, I've had a lot of clients even in other areas. Momonym said this, and I'm breaking that barrier down. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's trying to get them to see the the broader scope, and so um, that's <laughs> very hard. But like you said, once you're published and you you get uh, feedback from uh, projects, then you start to know, and 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 it comes from studying the industry too, reading other authors, uh, asking the questions. A lot of people don't want to ask questions. Uh, I don't know why. We, As you begin to network, right, you find out you know, um, what other people do, what, you know, what kind of systems they use, and you learn and you grow. And it, it, it is a process. Mm-hmm. All right. If you just join us, we're talking to Rhonda McKnight, talking about perfecting the plot. Now, what are some pitfalls to uh, that some writers go through in character development? You, you, you mentioned that all of voices sometimes doesn't, that's a mistake that everybody sounds the same. What are some other pitfalls in, in developing you know, perfection? I love talking about character development. I think okay. that's like my favorite writing topic. Because um, you can you can tell a difference, especially I'm a reader oh, and a yeah. moviegoer, and I can tell when somebody has not taken the time. I mean, I just I just can tell. But uh, well, you know what the what the the big thing is that that makes for weak characters um, is people don't they they don't characters don't have goals. They're not motivated enough, and there isn't enough conflict. Those, so if, if you don't have the goals and the motivation, you're not going to have the, the character's not going to be strong enough. And then if you don't have the conflict, then the story's not going to be strong enough. You need all three pieces. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we'll, 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 you'll have a, a, a character in a book, and the character doesn't quite have a, you know, they don't really have a goal, or they have one, but there isn't enough motivation for it. Like, it just doesn't make sense, you know. And so, or the character is written in their shallow. You're not sure why, you know, they want to do, want to get from A to B. And, you know, for example, I was working with an author um, about a month ago. And so she wanted her husband to, she wanted to have a son. She wanted her husband to have a son. She wanted to have this baby. And so this this author, this person had written this entire book, and she says to me, well, what do you think about the, I I said, you know, I asked her, why why does she want to have a baby so bad? Like, what's her motivation? Mm -hmm. And so she said, well, um, you know, um, and she ummed around. And then finally Mm -hmm. she said, well, what do you think of the idea? When she said, what do you think of the idea, it meant she had not really, she's written this whole book, and she had not really thought about why this woman wanted to have a son so bad. And so she said, what do you think about the idea that, you know, she knows she would be a good mother to a son and um, that would um, that, that, that we need more black males on the earth that are good, you know, men, black men. And I was like, that's not going to make somebody depressed at their house about the fact that they're not having a baby. Mm-hmm. That's a silly motivation. And so I helped her to tweet that um, and to come up with a reason why it was important for her to give her husband a son. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes 
you know, authors have this story, they have this, this point they want to get to, but they don't take the time or don't know how, sometimes it's about not knowing how, to, to look into your characters and come up with goals for them that they, that they want to achieve that will last through an entire novel because whatever the goal is, and the goal can change because like something can happen at the beginning of the book and they have a goal and then something shifts in the middle and now what they want changes. But they have to have goals they're trying to reach, and they have to be highly motivated. When people are really motivated to get to a place, the reader will be motivated to go with them, like, oh, she, you know, we got to get there, you know. And so sometimes the, the, the characters aren't motivated. Um, okay, let me stop you right there because you said million-dollar information right there because okay. that's what lacks in a lot of people's real lives. And so if an author doesn't have that for their characters, I mean, being a life coach, I have to go past all the things. I have to ask them, do you have even goals for your life? Do you even know why you're writing this book? And so uh, that was a mouthful, Rhonda McKnight. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. You have to have a goal. You have to be motivated. And if if you're not that as an author, what makes you think that your characters are going characters to characters are going to exactly that your characters are going to get there yeah, yeah they have to they have to they have to and what and there have to and there has to be lots of conflict that mm-hmm. that gets into the area of plot things have to get in the way yes. of them achieving their goal they have to have all these twists and turns that that get in the way and not just drama for the sake of drama i think sometimes people think conflict is characters having an argument in a book or um, you know, there there being a big scene where there's you know drama in a restaurant. That's right. not conflict. That's yeah. you know that's an argument in the book. And real conflict is those those little juicy twists and turns that happen that get into the character's way. Like you know she's trying to get a promotion on the job, and the boss hires their you know their, the boss's daughter uh, graduates from college, and she finds out that she wants the job that she wants. And so how do I get her out of the way so I can get where I'm trying to go? And where she's trying to go needs to have even some motivation, like I've got to get this job because I need to make more money because I've got to pay for my mother's cancer treatment. So you, mm-hmm. you, you layer it with multiple um, goals, with multiple motivations for why, and then you don't have to worry about, you know, one dropping off in the middle of the book and then you're stuck you know, yes. without a real story. So mm-hmm. I like a lot of juicy, I like a lot of juicy conflict, and I like my characters to be highly motivated to, yes. you know. <laughs> that keeps the reader interested. I know me as a reader and a writer, I go to the bookstore all the time, and what makes me buy a book, if in the first 10 or 20 pages, I can't put it down. If I'm just, I look up and it's been 30 or 40 minutes since I've read it, I'm buying that book because yeah. it's so juicy and they, they've captivated my attention. And I know if they can do that in the beginning, they're going to keep that uh, throughout the whole story. And right. so that, yeah. that, that is wonderful. Now, um, any other nuggets of wisdom on, on developing the character? You talk about goals, being motivated. Your characters have to be that. Uh, I suggest to people that they do, you know, um, in-depth character write-ups. I know that I do. Like I not only sometimes, you know, like I look at people, when I work with with clients, I'll ask them to send me, send me your character, whatever you've developed for your characters, you know, first three chapters of the story and, you know, your little synopsis. And, and a lot of times what they have for their characters will be, 
you know that, that she's 5'8", she's 37, mm-hmm. she's got brown hair and whatever eyes, went to this college. And I'm like, okay, I emailed them back, okay, let me give you a real character sketch. Mm-hmm. What's the worst thing that happened to her in her life and how did it affect her? Um, what's the earliest memory she has of her father? Um, what's the one thing that, you know, her mother did to her that has, that has always hurt her or what's the best memory she has? So when you if you just come up with all this different information, you know, what's her worst fear? Um, if you have all this information and you really know this person and you've created this three-dimensional person with, with personal pain and victories mm-hmm. in their, 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 their background, when you begin to write the story, that person comes out. It comes alive. You know, they come alive. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you don't create a person, you're not going to get a person. Right. And so I think that some of it is people look, they, you know, they Google and they get character sketches off the Internet, <laughs> and they're just, and that's fine, but they're just shallow. They're not really right. good ones. And so, um, I mean, my character sketch is like, you know, 10 pages long. It's really, really in-depth, and it takes me a long time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like doing it. That's fun. But, because, um, you know, I'm like creating people. But a lot of times they just don't, they haven't made three-dimensional people. And so mm-hmm. then when you're in the book, they're not, they're flat. Right. They're flat. Now, so now that, you said something about time. Uh, let's, let's, how long does it take? Because uh, I, I get a lot of authors who want to rush, and, and this is a lot of uh, people I work with who are nonfiction, but how long does it take to write a quality first draft manuscript where you have all the the elements of uh, you know that that really varies with the writer it really does because it took me i'm going to say from the beginning to the end my first book probably took me four years um actual time on the keyboard um and working through edits was probably more like six to eight true months you know because i took a year off i had a lot of dry seasons in the middle I'm not going to finish this book. I'm going to do something else. And so, you know, it, so it's hard to gauge. My second book, the first draft, took me about 30 days. I work full time. So I'd come home in the evening and write. And, I mean, if I wasn't working a job, I, I would have wrote that book in, in two weeks flat, the first draft. I mean, it's, a, it's not a very large book. It's about 65,000 words. Mm-hmm. And um, because, but I do a whole lot of work before that. Like I plot, right. you, you know, I work for like two two months ahead of that. But most authors um, that I talk to, you know, they can if they when they do their prep work, they can kind of get a manuscript out in anywhere between two and four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the first draft. And that's uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a teacher. I'm bivocational. And I teach writing to students, and when I show them, we did a piece where we didn't do any prep work, and they struggled. But when we yeah. took those weeks to prep and really brainstorm, they even saw the difference. They said, "Wow, okay, that was a that was a neat project." Yeah, this is this is this is easy, and what it did was it made writing more fun for them, especially mm-hmm. boys. Uh, boys not like to write because you <laughs> got to unleash your feelings, especially in those personal narratives. Uh, but I intentionally did that and showed them and we compared. And so that prep work is so, so important uh, to do because it does, ma- it, it flows, uh, in my opinion. It makes your writing flow. And if you just mm-hmm. join Real Talk with Tanya White, we have a lot of people in the chat, Miss Rhonda, giving you kudos, good information. You're giving million-dollar information. So let's switch gears because our time is running out, and I want to talk about 
Secrets and Lies, your book that is due out in November. Love the cover, love the title, of course. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Secrets and Lies, oh, I'm so excited about my baby. Secrets and Lies is a story about a couple who's, um, whose troubled marriage goes from bad to worse when the husband is accused of something that he and his wife never thought would happen to him. You know, just, you know, for his world, particular accusation is, you know, way over the top. And so, um, you know, so the marriage is already bad, and then we got this big, you know, issue here. And so, you know, it's a story about faith and hope, and but mostly it's a story about forgiveness. And um, I think that people will enjoy it because I think at, at some point in all of our lives, we struggle with forgiveness. Yeah. And, you know, if and I tell somebody, if you haven't had an issue with really not being able to forgive someone, you know, just keep living. Um, <laughs> Somebody's going to do something. Keep living because people have a way of taking you there. I mean, I, I actually personally had never dealt with that until probably like two years ago and had lived my whole life never really having an issue with not forgiving someone and had a huge situation that just, I mean, it took me almost a year to really get to a place where I could move past it. And so, um, and I had already written the book um, cause before, you know, this, this particular incident happened. But I think that, you know, God's grace and, and you know, with the, the power of love, we can work past all past hurts and pain in our lives. Mm-hmm. And you watch our char- my characters in Secrets and Lies um, go through that. So, you know, we've got a little, you know, revenge plot in there. We've got, you know, an enemy an enemy that, you know, is um, working from the outside at trying to mess up the marriage, too. So it's not just the internal forces that are um, tearing oh, at them. They've got, yeah, they've got somebody that's, that, that, that's trying to tear them down from the outside, too. So it's um, I'm really excited about it, really excited about sharing Joan and Faith's story. And I tell you, it's been a long time coming. I sold it two years ago. Wow. <laughs> so Christian. And so it finally comes out in November. Well, I'm excited about reading it. And like you said, it's real life. And I don't know about you, but authors I connect with, even when I'm reading, I'm like, either they've gone through this and they have to go through the the process of writing or they know someone that they had to help uh, go through whatever situation they're writing about. And uh, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's adultery or overcoming that, um, I, I just feel the the best books are by, uh, written by authors who know intimate, intimate uh, about their subject. Whether it's and, and, and you're you're right you're right, Tanya. You know, it's I think that we write fiction, and I certainly you know, like my second book is just I've never experienced some of the, the crazy drama that's in my my second book because mm-hmm. uh, actually my bad girl in book one gets her own book, and so um, and she's still not a nice person, but. Um, and I haven't dealt with some of that, but recently I, I dealt with a situation. I had surgery. I had gallbladder surgery, and I, I had to deal with something um, personal. You know, just some, you know, you know, a couple of people not coming through the way they were supposed to on some stuff right. when I was down. And I said, you know, I stopped and, and I said, well, Lord, I said this is okay because I'm going to be able to use this. Yes. I'm going to be able to use this experience. And I've learned as a writer, I try to encourage my writer's group recently, you know, because sometimes people say, oh, I'm not writing right now, kind of going through something. And you hear that a lot. People say kind of going through something. And my thing is stop going through something and not using it. Stop Use what you're going through. Even if you're journaling, because 
the pain that we experience in our lives and the challenges are the things that will enrich your stories. Mm-hmm. Don't run from that and try to go make up some story world over here. Take the experiences that, that you have gone through because God did not allow you to be in, in certain places for, for, you know, without a purpose. Yeah. And so use the pain and use the, those um Use the things that you go through to enrich your stories and make them stronger, you know. And so, um, and that's my advice to people. Dig deep. People want a real, you know, they don't want fluff. Right. You know, I mean, and it doesn't have to, you know, you can write comedy and dig deep. You know, Pat George Walker is writes comedy, but she gets deep, you know. She goes and she touches those issues. And so just, you know, you can dig deep and without, you know, making everybody cry, but use your experiences to enrich your writing. Your readers will love you for it. They will love, and that is exactly how I got into, uh, you know, writing for the world to see. I've always been a writer, but I kept it in my little family and my little church group. But when my mom passed away, I needed that. I needed to unleash, uh, you know, uh, my thoughts and empowering people. You know, you never know when your last day is going to be. So that is how I got into writing and and it forced me to, uh, you know, go into writing my first book and really loving the craft of writing and sharing it with others outside of my little world. So, uh, and so, and that's why I strive to be. I strive to be real and take everything that happens in my life, good, bad, ugly, and try to be as transparent uh, and delicate as possible with sharing, uh, but also finding those life lessons because. Uh, we never know who is going to read what we're writing, fiction, nonfiction, and really get something w- that will heal and help them to move forward in whatever Absolutely. issue is having them bound. So I am Absolutely. a proponent of taking everything, everything. I don't care what happens, everything. And, and like you said, journal it. And if uh, the Lord wants to use it for something else, he will tell you exactly what, yeah. Absolutely. what he wants to use it for. Rhonda, you have been... So fantastic in sharing Thank your you. information. You. And talk about some of the services that you have uh, with your company uh, that you offer writers. Okay. Well, I, the name of my editing company is, is Legacy Editing. And I like to work with um, writers who have studied the craft a little bit. I have to say that people that are, you know, that are putting their first pen to paper um, aren't quite ready for me. Um, but I like to um, – I have four services <laughs> – I have four services that I do. One is a story workshop, which I consider to be a fun session. And that's where if someone has a story, they just kind of have a story idea and they don't want to spend a whole lot of time um, making a mess of it. We we sit down on the phone often because it's usually a phone consult, and we brainstorm on the character development, the, you know, come up with goals, motivation, and conflict. We, you know, we'll refine the plot if the plot needs some work. We'll look at, you know, for a climax or a resolution, and I usually have a partner actually that I work with in, in doing this, and um, and she and I click like unbelievable, and um, that's that's one of the fun services that I do. And actually, I started doing that when in my writers group I used to do it with people. And one day somebody said, you know, like you really need to be paid for this. <laughs> this is a mm-hmm. skill that other people don't have. And so oh, I was like, oh, you know, okay, well, maybe. And so that's when I started doing the story workshop, and I really love doing that. That's, um, But that's a, a really sh- a short little process that usually takes about an hour or two as long as they've developed the characters and they kind of know what the, they have a story idea. We can help make it into a, a bigger story. And then I do something called a manuscript evaluation where basically if someone's written a book mm-hmm. um, and they are thinking about, 
sending it to a publisher or self-publishing it. They send it to me. I read it, and I tell them what I think about it. I tell them if I think it's marketable. I tell them if I think that, the, you know, the story makes any sense or, you know, what they need to do with the characters. It's a very kind of a light overview. Mm-hmm. This is what I think about this. Or And sometimes I'll even say, such and such wrote a book about that. It was published last month or last mm-hmm. year. So if you're planning to send it to a mainstream publisher, you might have an issue there, and you can change it. You know, you might want to look at making slight changes to make it more marketable. So that's what the evaluation is about. And then we've talked about critique already. And then I do a substantive edit. And usually, don't I don't take many of these projects on. I really don't. I have to really want to um, work with a particular writer to do it just because it takes so much time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not really charging enough for it. So I don't take take a lot of substantive edits on. But it's a higher-level critique where I really – We'll do some line editing. I'll help with your sentence structure. I actually do a lot of rewriting to help you see. Like with a critique, I'll say, you know, I'll tell you the character needs more development here or dialogue here, and I'll give you a couple of suggestions on how to fix it. With a substantive edit, I really dig in and give you like several versions of what I think could make it stronger to help the writer see where it's broken and how to get it fixed so that so that they understand it enough to fix it later in the manuscript because there's a, there's a heavier portion of editing at the beginning than there is at the end. So um, a lot of people need substantive edits, and I just want to make one little point on this, particularly with a lot of authors. They think that, if they, that when they finish a book, they want to um, send it somewhere and get it proofread, and it's done, and I'm ready to go to print. And the truth is, a lot of times, a manuscript like you, like you know, we talked about earlier, will have larger structural issues and problems that you know are that they can't see because they're too familiar with the story, or like you said, they ask Pookie Nim and Mama to read it, and Mama and them aren't experts. And so these larger issues will actually keep the book from getting published, you know. Yeah. If you send it to an acquisitions editor, you know, and you, you're weak on comma usage or, um, you know, they're not going to reject a book over commas. They're going to reject a book over structural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to get a bad review over structural issues and poor plot. And so a lot of times that's what people need. They need a they need that real big dig in edit that will will help them to get to the next level. Yes. So those are the four services that I offer. And just know if you're a first time author, um, don't skim with the editing. The <laughs> nothing. People think that you know it, I'm just going to invest the least amount possible. Then I'm going to publish the book. Then I'll make the money. Oh, no. Gosh. No. Don't Please do it. Don't. Mm-mm, you're not. But, you have to. And readers that. resent. Readers resent it. It's yes. really insulting to to put out a book that you know is not your best, and and you you want a readership, but you insult them by not giving them the best, and that's and I, not cool. Yeah. And I tell I tell first time authors all the time, you don't want just to sell a book. You want it to to develop that audience because your next project, you want them to come back and tell others why they should buy your product, and and that takes a lot of time. <laughs> Uh, nobody's going to sell a book and make millions. I don't know where that myth came from. Uh, <laughs> it's not I don't know. You know what? Everybody wants to be Eric Jerome Dickey, and it took him a long time to become Eric Jerome Dickey. Exactly. You know, everybody wants to be Kim Roby. There's a process to becoming these people, but we yeah. don't want to wait. We want to get a book in four months, get it printed in, you know, and on, on the street in six, and, you know, and quit our jobs. And it, it didn't happen like that for those people. So right. why why would it happen like that for you? It's not magic. It's you know I think that everything in life is is that's worth anything. 
takes work and it's a process. Particularly anything, if, if you are in God's will, mm-hmm. oh, he's going to take you through a process. It's yeah. going to be a journey. It's going to be <laughs> and sometimes a long journey. And you and like, why am I going through this? Journey. Again and again. But, Rhonda, you have been so wonderful once again. Give us your information and what's next for you and all that great okay. stuff. Okay. Uh, my main contact is my website, which is net. Dot com is a fashion designer who went to FIT also to NIT. Yes. We've actually written each other. Um, but RhondaMcKnight.net, I'm a Facebook junkie. I love Facebook. And I have a blog, UrbanChristianFictionToday.com. But any link that you want to find me on, you can find from my website. So that's the primary place. Um, what I've got coming up next is I'll be teaching at the Shades of Romance Online Writers Conference. It begins on August 22nd. And it lasts for a week, and I'll be teaching about, um, what am I teaching? I'm teaching a, a course about, oh, I've got a contract, what's next, um, for new authors, and I'm teaching an editing course. Mm-hmm. And um, more information can be found out at that at Shades of Romance's website at www.sormag.com, soarmag.com. And then after that, you know, whatever, you know, whatever radio shows I can get on, anything I can do to start – really, really promoting my book and getting yes. to some eyes out there. I'm having a book release party here in Atlanta on December 5th, and I'll have more details about that on my website. And that's that's kind of it for me, other than my kids going back to school. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm a teacher. I have to go to work tomorrow. So I'm about to, I'm about to pass out. <laughs> but, um, well, back into the swing of things myself, but... Um, we're going to visit you. I'm go- I'm going to wait uh, November 24th. Am I correct? November 24th is when it will be available in stores and on, you know, line. And um, I'm selling copies on my website, autographed copies, discounted for $14 with free shipping. Wow. Um, so um, it, the book is normally $15. Of course, on Amazon it's a little bit cheaper, but then you have to buy $25 worth to have yeah. free shipping. So I'm offering my readers free shipping so for $14. Um, on my website, and then, um, but it'll be everywhere. Kensington Publishers is my publisher, and they have awesome distribution. So, wow. our books are pretty much anywhere you can, um, in, anywhere you buy books. Okay, so you can. I'm thinking you with Urban Christian. I it is, but it's Kensington Publishing. Okay. We're we're an imprint of Kensington. All righty then. Well, I had that correct. Yeah. So, but Rhonda, you have been phenomenal, and uh, we're going to follow up with you later. And more than likely, we will have you back on Real Talk. Thanks with so Tanya much, Tanya. I really appreciate you having me on. Okay, you have a great day. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we just got through with a phenomenal million-dollar information once again about perfecting the plot. If you are author, first-time author, you need to rewind. Uh, and listen to that show. Rhonda gave some great information um, for any, uh, for authors around. So we're getting set for our next guest. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to be back with Keisha Dawn. I'm excited. We'll be back in about two minutes. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, tragedy has no favorites. It comes suddenly, and sadly, it can knock the life right out of you. But instead of giving up, come alive again. Turn your hurt into hope. In her sensational and heartwarming new book, The Journey Less Traveled, author Loretta Faith Harris shares her touching story of how she discovered the strength to overcome sad sorrow and find hope for a better tomorrow. Celebrate life again. Choose to turn your tragedy into triumph. Visit www.chpublishing.org to purchase your copy of The Journey Less Traveled today. Who's Spike Spielberg? Who? Spielberg. I don't know who that is. Spike who? Spike Spielberg. I have no idea who that is. Can you tell me? Spike Spielberg is bringing Hollywood to the Queen City. Spike Spielberg presents as Friday nights at midnight and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Cable Channel 9. It's films, life, and positive thoughts. Are you a business owner? Do you want to get more exposure for your business? Let Spike Spielberg put the Hollywood in marketing your products and services. Reach 1.6 million households weekly and unlimited consumers via the World Wide Web. Log on to www.spikespielberg.com. That's S-P-I-K-E-S-P-I-L-L-B-E-R-G.com. Or call 704-281-2309 for more information. Lights, camera, action. Spike Spielberg. Spike Spielberg. I've been trying to call her all day. Where's she at? This is the fifth Christmas that he promised that we were going to spend together. And here I am alone. He told me he was going out of town this weekend. But he never wants to tell me where he's going. It's funny. He always has to know where I'm going. Uh, it's the holiday once again. And I'm trying to call her and she's not answering her phone. I wonder where she could be. Hmm. Let me go see. I am sick and tired of this. I am worth more than that. Author Tanya White reveals the secrets to having healthy, productive, and long-lasting relationships in her new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship. Being trapped in a relationship rerun is extremely frustrating and emotionally draining. If you find yourself in an irritating cycle of unwanted, unsatisfying, and unhealthy relationship patterns year after year, then this book is sure to break the chains that keep you bound to having the wrong people in your life. The brand new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship, and also How to Deal with a Difficult Woman, is now available by logging on to www.tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's www.tanyawhite.com. Pick up your copy today. And we're back. We're talking about perfecting the plot tonight. We just had a phenomenal uh, first uh, segment with Rhonda McKnight. She gave million-dollar information, you guys. You need to listen to the archive section right after the show. And we're getting set for Keisha Dawn, one of my, one, I love her writing style, and we're going to talk to her. She's been on the show before, but before we get started and get her on deck, I just wanted to remind you, next week, instead of Thursday night, we're going to be on Friday night for a special edition. We had to, you know, when people want ask you to be on your show, 
such as Nene, uh, we have to work with her schedule. And so we're not going to be on Thursday. We're going to be on Friday at 7, and we're going to have a special interview with Nene Leakes of Real Talk, not Real Talk, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Uh, she has a new book coming out Tuesday. We're going to talk about that. It's Never Make the Same Mistake Twice, and we're just going to have some real talk about what's going on with the Real Housewives of Atlanta. If you watched last Thursday, I know you was blown away uh, as I was. So we're going to get... We're going to talk some real talk with NeNe Leakes uh, next Friday instead of Thursday at 7 p.m. Uh, on Real Talk with Tanya White. Uh, one a lucky winner will be able to uh, win her new book, Never Make the Same Mistakes Twice. So spread the word. It's going to be a hot show once again. So uh, tune in next Friday instead of next Thursday. All right, we have our second guest tonight, Miss Keisha Dawn. Uh, she is the author of one of my favorite books right now. Uh, by and Keisha, I just had a brain freeze by the by His grace, by the grace of God. We're going to talk about that. But she has another book coming back out, His Grace, His Mercy. And so let's bring her on so she can help help us with that. My my mind is all gone, Miss Keisha Dawn. I'm here. How you doing, Tanya? Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting over a little, a little cold this episode. Please excuse my voice. That is okay. What is the name of my favorite book that you got? <laughs> Your favorite book is called or titled By the Grace of God. By the Grace of God. I knew. I just had a brain freeze. That yes, ma'am. That yes, ma'am. That's, that's what happens yes. when you're knocking on another milestone uh, in your life. But it is my favorite book. Okay. Uh, okay. And I'm glad to have you back on Real Talk with Tanya White. And thank you for having me back, Tanya. I'm thrilled to be here. Now, let's, before we get started, tell our mm-hmm. audience who you are in your own words. Um, I am Keisha Dunn. I'm author of two Christian fiction novels, one titled By the Grace of God and the other um, His Grace, His Mercy, which will release in September uh, 1st. Uh, and I am... I'm a lover of words, the ministry uh, of words, and knowing that the ability that they have to heal. Um, in my personal world, I'm a mother and full-time student, and wow. that's pretty much it. That, that fills a lot of space right there. Yes. Now, what are you studying? Uh, journalism. Wow. Yes, yes. Math comes journalism, yes. In film wow. studies also, so, yeah, I'm kind of busy. Yes, yes, you are. Well, look, we're glad to have you on the show. We're going to talk Thank about you. your new release by uh, – his grace, his mercy. Uh-huh. Uh, but let's talk about, Rhonda just gave us some million-dollar information. And oh, I know you did. have some information to get share as a fiction writer. Uh, describe your process for perfecting the plots of your books. What do you go through? Okay, just like Rhonda was saying, I think I'm right in the middle when it comes to uh, starting off my writing, like uh, so many other authors or writers who start out with an outline and so forth. I've, I tried that in the beginning because I wanted to say, okay, if I'm going to be a writer and how do you go about doing this and, and maybe I should outline first, but that never, you know, I never, that never like just worked for me. So I'm just the kind of person that I, I'm thinking what I want to write. I know the subject. I know what it, what's going on in my head because, like she said, there's so many voices, different voices in your mind, and the story is already there. You just have to get it out. So I'm the kind of person that I'll, I'll take the notes pretty much and then my characters will just come to me in the story and, and so forth, and it just comes out, you know, on, on paper from that from that, uh, from that that standpoint. So I'm not an outline, outliner. Um, mm-hmm. I know the story. My characters are developed, 
and I just go from there. And sometimes that may change, and maybe because I don't outline, but that's just the way that it flows for me. Now, how do you make your character so real? Because in your book, I I, I knew every one of them. I I, I was <laughs> I, I had a number. Um, but how okay. do you make them so real and so even even the villains? They're so lovable. You know, <laughs> something about them, you know? Right, right. Well, I, at first, I consider myself a real person. So when I'm writing, even though it's a fiction world, I try to um, you know incorporate the realness into the characters. So pretty much what you see is what you get. Um, you know, there's good and bad, you know, in the characters, and that's good and bad in this world. So I try to do the same for the characters, and some more than others can have, like, a little shadiness, fake appeal to them for the entertainment purpose. But mainly for myself, I'm a why-can't-we-all-just-get-along type of person. Mm-hmm. So I like to expand that through my characters and, and the different obstacles. You know, it's just you just have to know that you want your readers to understand what you're trying to, you know, convey to them, but you don't want it to come off as just too, 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 is it a word, too, too much fiction? You know, you want them right. to feel it, especially in the Christian fiction world. Um, I want it to be my ministry as well, so I want them to feel uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say to them. Okay. Now, uh, Christian fiction and fiction, a little bit different. Can you explain the difference between the two? What makes Christian fiction Christian fiction? It's not just saying the word God. No. What no. makes it Christian fiction? <laughs> no, it's not just saying the, saying the word God. Uh, my definition of uh, Christian fiction is to have a novel that uh, that is inspirational but also has a uh, ministerial pur- purpose behind it mm-hmm. from, from my standpoint. I would like my characters to be entertained, but after the last page is turned and the, the book is closed, I would like to have a message out there of some some kind um, that will have someone say, okay, I can do this or I can make it through. And even though I can do this, you know, if, if she did it, he did it, or he passed, you know, he made his way through, so can I. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because a lot of people just, I, I've had people say, well, what what makes it? And I had to tell them, no, it's just not mentioning the word God. No, it's more right. than that. You have to Definitely have, not. Have, you have to take something away and um, mm-hmm. such as uh, so let's talk about let's talk about by the grace by his grace. Which one? His grace is mercy or by the grace of God? By the grace of God, thank you, Keisha. I've got it written down right here in front of it's my okay. face. And it's okay. I don't know why I'm 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 messing it up. Because it is one of my favorite books I've written you and told you that. By yes. the grace of God. Talk about that a little bit because His grace, His mercy is uh, the follow-up. The sequel. Yes, um, By the Grace of God is was the first. Um, his grace, His mercy is the sequel, actually. And By the Grace of God uh, was a book um, about forgiveness, and it's hard for me to tell it all because I don't want any people just I don't want to give it away. But um, By the Grace of God is about my character Gracie Gregory. She comes home to find her husband or her fiance in the process of moving away from her without even so much as a reason why, and she does all the crying and the pouting and asking him why he's leaving and so forth, but he just, you know, pretty much disappears on her, and after a while, she lets him go, but for uh, her purpose, her closure, for her purpose of closure, she tries to contact him and see um, if he can, you know, give her the reason why he left or what have you, but to no avail, she doesn't get in contact with him, his family, and, and no one else has uh, heard from him, so she lets it go, but then her telephone rings, and from that point on, it's only by the grace of God that she makes it through mm-hmm. from everything. Now, yeah. how did you come up with that captivating? I was sitting in Borders, <laughs> and uh, I've told you this. Yes. From uh, the first line, you mm-hmm. grabbed 
I mean, you literally grabbed my attention. Uh, How, I mean, um, there's so few authors who do that. How Mm -hmm. did you, uh, how did you do that, grab the reader's attention, make make it so exciting but not give too much uh, too soon? I, uh, I guess it's just something that you, well, I think I'm, I, I go over my work over and over again. So pretty much where I start off writing, it mm-hmm. usually is not going to be the first part of the book. So um, like I said before, I just try to put myself into every character and, 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 and go into that character and say, okay, what, does I, what do I want from this character and what, um, how long do I want her to stand and what do I want her to go through and how do I want her to get you know, out of it. So I, I put all that I can into each character and make sure that they're well-developed before just letting them loose, you know. Mm-hmm. So I try right. to put all the emotional and all the everything into it. Now, did you, like, take any classes for writing fiction or have you been writing all your life? How did you develop your passion and your gift of writing? Of course, now I'm taking classes, um, and I have taken some fiction classes, but when I wrote By the Grace of God, because I I originally self-published, that was just me. That was just Mm -hmm. me, and it just went from there, and I've been writing ever since I was like nine years old, as far as like little stories and so forth, and and it progressed over the years into poetries and poetry and so forth and so on, but it wasn't until I got into my early 20s where I I said, you know what, I have so much in me, and it's just sitting here, and life life's experiences and so forth that I want to write it down and not just my own experience, but just to write just to, for the love of it. Right. So yeah, it it developed from there. Wow. Wonderful. You did a phenomenal job. You're doing, Thank I you. can't wait. I can't wait to read. I can't either. I can't wait for you to read it. Cause I know I'm going to be dumbfounded. <laughs> what happens to my characters in, uh, by his grace, uh, by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. By the grace of God. Okay, uh, what is the one thing, this new book, His Grace and uh-huh. Mercy, what's the one thing you hope that your readers would take away from this book that's uh, something different? From wow, okay. Let's see. Um, of course, there's going to be forgiveness um, that's going to stand out in the book, but what I would love for the readers to take away from it is that sometimes when we go through things and, and, and you're hurt behind things, after a while you have to bury it or it turns around and it starts eating you and bury, bury you, you know. So if you don't handle it, it will handle you. So I want people to, or readers to take from it, that you have to forgive yourself sometimes before you can go on any further. Oh, that's a mouthful, Keisha. Mm-hmm. You do have to forgive yourself. Oh, yes. Before yes. you, because you, if you can't forgive yourself, how do you expect others to forgive mm-hmm. you? Uh, right. And, and vice versa. Now, right. who are your three favorite authors? Where do you get your inspiration from? I know it's, uh, I'm a reader, so I have more than three, and I know you yeah. have more than three. But for the yeah. sake of time, let's narrow down to three. Who said? Okay. Who is one of your favorite authors that says that's what I want to do? I want to perfect my craft so I can, wow. you know, touch readers like they do. Uh huh. Oh, um, again, that is a hard question, but uh, right off the top of my head, I have to say Sherry Lewis. Is awesome uh, because I, I just read her book not too long ago, uh, The List, and that book it just read like it was a lifetime movie. Mm. So I'm like hooked on her right now, and every book that she comes out with, I'm right there trying to get it because you know she just has a, a true talent, true gift, just to be able to tell a story uh, that actually puts you right in the middle of it. So um, she is she's really up there on my list right now, and and uh, let's see others. Uh, most definitely Victoria. 
She's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, my book club, actually, we, we're reading that Lady Jasmine right now, and I finished okay. reading it like in one and, a half, one and a half days last week, and it was so good I could not put it down. Yeah. So um, I'm like in awe of her. Oh, wow, you're going to really make me say one more. Um, yeah. There's too many, Tanya. There's too many. I know, but just narrow many. down to three. Let's let's oh. put somebody outside of fiction then. Okay, outside of fiction. Ooh, you want to go nonfiction? Yeah. <clears throat> I love um, Christine Pimpleton's new book, uh, what is it, Lord, I'm Ready to Be a Wife. Lord, I'm Ready to Be a Wife, <laughs> which is number two yes. on the Black Christian Book Company. I hope I got that right. Yes. I'm yes, that's what brain good. damage today. Uh, probably because <laughs> I have to go back to work tomorrow. My probably so. over. Uh, but probably yes, so. her her book is so for the a first time author. I mean, I'm one to mm-hmm. look at the total scope of a book from yes. the cover to everything and superb yes. job she did. Superb. I just love that book, and it's a book that you can read over and over again. So yeah, over I definitely over. love it. And it's so darn pretty. That's why I isn't that pretty. I love pretty things, and her that book is, is so, so pretty. pretty. And I think it is. I love it, and I read it because it's so pretty. Cool. So you have to see Victoria Sherry and we know you have a long other. Oh, yes. Um, yes, because I read too much, actually. So <laughs> there's many more, you know, that, that goes along with that. So definitely. Now, you said you started writing at age 20. Did I hear that? Well, yes, writing uh, as far as be published, yes. That's phenomenal. Uh, when I was 20, I was crazy, lost in translation. So I love seeing focus 20-year-olds. Oh, I was crazy. Look, I was out there. I was crazy, too. I was crazy right along with you. No, just getting out the teens and into the 20s, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, girl, I think I spent my whole entire 20s crazy. But that's the story <laughs> for another show. But what 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 was it that that you knew, okay, I can do this. I can actually publish a book. I can self-publish. I can do this because a lot of writers write, mm-hmm. and it takes mm-hmm. a long time for them to, like I uh, said, share their uh, their writing with people outside of their little community. What was it that pushed you and said, okay, I can do this? I'm going to self-publish a book and I'm going to, you know, promote it. Da 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 da. What what motivated you to do that? I think just the driving me of wanting to do it mm-hmm. um, was enough for me. Because when I initial, uh, initially completed the manuscript, I didn't even, right up at the beginning, didn't even try to go, uh, you know, send it off to publishers. I knew right away that I just wanted to go ahead and, and self-publish it because I didn't really care about if anyone said, yeah, it's good enough or it's not. I just knew that my story, I felt, was good enough. And um, and after I got it edited and so forth and, and, and thought it was up to where it needed to be, I just felt this need and this urge to push it on through. Uh, because it was a story that I didn't even know where the story came from. So I felt that it was actually from God, you know, a, a special gift just for me to put out there, what have you. And so people have actually, you know, come and told me things that they, they love the book just because of the message that it has in there. So I think it's just the one in me that really, you know, wants to see my work come into action. Wow. Now what is what is what are some uh, nuggets of wisdom that you would give Let's start with the first-time author who has never been published. They know nothing yeah. about that, but they know, like you said, they have it, it's, they have this burning desire in them to write a book. Give them, right. you know, uh, about a, a one-and-a-half-minute life coaching on what they should do. Okay, okay. I would say uh, right off the bat, don't try to copy someone else. Be yourself in the writing. And, like, 
uh, Rhonda said, use your experiences because you can sit there all day long and say, well, this would be a good subject and so forth. But, you know, pull from your own life, life experiences or what have you. And, and as far as your characters, when you're trying to develop them, make sure that your characters have purpose. They have to have their own purpose because if you're just writing and, and, and there's a character A and then she, she's not seen until the end of the book, what was her purpose in being there? You make it, you know, do away with that, you know. So you have to find a purpose in your writing is what I think. And, and um and just go from there and see and see what develops from there. But first of all, I think you definitely have to have a purpose and use your experiences to get into the to the other side of the uh, as far as the characters and so forth. Okay, have a purpose. Use the experience. I'm one. I'm not for reinventing the wheel. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I have to right. use everything in my life, like exactly everything in my life, uh, to to just to write because it's therapeutic for me. Anyway. Oh yes. Oh yes. Any Most other nuggets is. of wisdom when it comes to uh, they finished the manuscript? Uh huh. What 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 should they do next? Oh, finish the manuscript. Please uh, <laughs> call one eight hundred editor. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Need to have someone look over the work and, and like Rhonda was saying earlier, as well as for a critiquing group and so forth. Um, Fawn James is my my partner in crime. She's my crit- critiquing buddy, and and we pass work back and forth and. And she lays in me hard sometimes, but it's all out of love, and it's just to, you know, get me to where I need and I want to be. And you have to, you can't have thin skin. You have to have thick skin uh, and know that it's not, like um, Ron was saying again, it's not about the rejection of the work. It's just about to have it, you know, be the best that it can be. So you definitely want to get rid of a critique group um, or, or make sure you get a, an editor that is up to par. And you know, like I said, not nominal. Because one of them may read a book once a month and say, of course, ooh, my baby wrote a book. Yes, that's fine and dandy. But what's inside of, you know, you know, the cover of the book, you have to really understand that. So, yeah. yeah I'm a firm believer. Get rid of, get rid of mom and them when you um, uh-huh. <laughs> really want to. Don't get rid of them. Just yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. Let me rephrase it. Don't get rid of them. Don't get rid of them. Don't put all your eggs in their basket just because Please. they said it's good. Please, please don't do please that. Don't. Please. please don't. Even when I self-published, I made a point um, to get a, um, an editor, and that was the best thing that I, you know, I could have done because there were so many things of just saying, uh, well, you're telling too much. I need you to show. You know, mm-hmm. Those two things are so big. You can tell a story all day long, but if you really want to pull the reader in, you need to show. So yes. you may need to want to show you how to do that, just that, you know, so – now, did you go to any, like, writing conferences or um, online workshops? Did I, that help you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking online classes. I haven't really um, traveled anywhere to, to go as far as classes and so forth, but I have taken online classes that have, that have helped me um, develop my characters more and just the, the, the constant conversation with different authors and, and understanding the, the way they go about uh, developing their characters and so forth. That really helps when you have that um, someone else, you know, trying to help you out in the classes and so forth. Like I say, I'm taking fiction classes at school now, and then that's a whole other, you know, another thing. So it, every little bit helps. It all helps. Everything helps. Mm-hmm. You have to hand your crap. Now, Keisha, you have been so wonderful. Thank okay. you, Tanya. And your book comes out when? September, September 1st, 2009. Yes, ma'am. His grace is mercy, definitely. His grace is mercy. Make that a September to remember. Before we let you go, 
Mm-hmm. What's next after His Grace's Mercy? I know you have wow. another book or um, yes. what's coming I up have. for you? Okay, after um, His Grace's Mercy releases this in, in September, I have a short story coming out in the Bended Knee anthology titled Baby Boy, and that will be released in October under Holly Grove Publishing. I can't wait for that. And also I'm working uh, with author Fawn James, who's my writing buddy, on a collaboration that will release around this time next year. Uh, and she's a young adult um, author, and actually she released her latest title for March this week, as a matter of fact. Um, but our collaboration will pretty much tackle a subject rarely tackled in the young adult market. So I'm really looking forward to the reviews on that one. Um, added to that, I'm also now the uh, managing editor to Victorious Magazine and Empower Empowerment uh, Magazine for Women, and that actually hit newsstands in September as well. So, what was the name of that? You got it kind of fuzzy. What's the name of the magazine again? Victorious okay. Magazine. Mm-hmm. All right. You're, you're a busy bee, Keisha Dawn. Yeah, I try to be. I try to be. <laughs> well, listen. I'm trying. We love having you here on Real Talk. Thank and I'm you. Sure we're going to ask you once again. Yes, we are. Uh, probably after I read uh, His Grace, His Mercy. I'm going to. Yes, ma'am. And then we can share. We'll talk about some issues for that. But I love that you stopped by and gave million dollar information. Thank you for having me again, Tanya. I appreciate it. No problem. Give out your contact information. Sure, no problem. Whatever. (laughs) My website is KeishaDawnWrites.com. That's K-E-S-H-I-A-D-A-W-N Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.com. And under the same name, you can find me on MySpace and Facebook. And on Twitter, you can find me under author Keisha. Um, This weekend, I'm doing a book signing in Temple, Texas at Borders in the Mall. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of book club signings and meeting and greets and so forth, and so that's been a big thing um, for me this summer, and I've been enjoying that. So that's pretty yeah. much where you can find me. You're a busy bee. I am. Um, I try to be. forward to September 1st and all yes. the other ones. Hopefully, you know, by his, by his uh, girl, <laughs> by the grace of God. You trip me up on the second one because I guess I'm so excited too about his grace. Oh, no. By the grace of God, his grace is mercy. Maybe yes, we'll ma'am. see that on one, you know, BT, Lifetime, something. Woo, wouldn't that be we lovely? Want. We need more black, good quality movies out there right now. I agree. I agree, most definitely. I love your story, and I definitely can see that. Thank you, Tanya. Thank movie. you, Miss White. So we will follow up with you later, if nothing else. You have a fantastic weekend. Thank you, and you do the same, Tanya. Thank, thanks again for having me. All right, then. Talk to you later. All righty. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. If you just joined us, Real Talk with Tanya White, we had two dynamic authors on, Rhonda McKnight, Keisha Dawn, shared some phenomenal information about perfecting the plot. Uh, Got to get those those characters developed. They can't be flat. If you think that your story is good, get an editor. If you think that your story is bad, get an editor. Editing, somebody to help you out to critique your manuscript. Get that before you publish a book because once you publish something, it is out there. There's no taking it back. And we want you to be the best that you can be. You're on Real Talk with Tanya White, so take the best steps so that you can be your best. We love that they stopped by today. Now join us next week again. We won't be on Thursday. We will be on next Friday 
for a special edition of Real Talk with Tanya White with Meaning Leaks uh, of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is coming on in about an hour and a half. And uh, if you, uh, you know, tuned in last week with the 2.7 million viewers like I did, you know it was filled with drama. So I'm going to tune in tonight and see what's going on. But tune in next Friday as Nene is going to stop by Real Talk with Tanya White to discuss the show, her new book, Never Make the Same Mistake Twice. Again, uh, visit TanyaWhite.com, sign up for Tanya's tips, get relationship reruns, have to deal with a difficult woman. And see what's uh, the updated news on the 99 Mills Who Make Your Life a Living Hell, which is going to uh, be released September 29th. Again, we'd love to say thank you to our diamond sponsor, Loretta Faith Harris. She is helping you turn your tragedy into triumph. Visit her at chpublishing.org. And thank you to our gold sponsor, Dr. Tanisha Ford. Visit her at drtford.com. Again, do what you have to do to perfect that plot. Don't rush it. Get uh, get mentors. Ask people in the industry who are experts to help you be the best that you can be and to produce the best manuscript that you can. Look, we had a great time. We're going to close out with one of my favorite songs by Selena Johnson, The Voice, because when you're a writer, you have to be led by the voice of God because fears come, doubts come, but you have to listen to the voice who encourages you to be your best. Tune in next Friday uh, as we have a special edition with NeNe Leaks. And if nothing else, you have a great weekend. Bye-bye.